When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No, man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying so about that, man. Mornings are for coffee and contemplation. Coffee and contemplation. Drink the coffee, it'll make you feel better. Sir, do you realize that you're not drinking regular coffee, but Colombian decaffeinated coffee crystals? What? Picks you up, calms you down, it's the lifeblood that drives the dreams of champions. Now he's been down in the basement drinking coffee for about the last four hours, and he should be all ready to go. I'll, I'll call him up. Welcome to College Football Monday's National Championship Special. This is a Sons of Saturday live show. And if you're watching on YouTube, and you should be, because that's the only place you can get this right now. If you're on X, you got to come over. You got to come over because we can get your, your questions, your comments right into the chat. We can add them to the screen. If you're on X, come on over. But we welcome everyone in to the National Championship Special. You can see my host here on the screen. I've got Billy Ray Mitchell. I've got Robbie, and I've got Pat Finn. We got our our two sons of Saturday and the two two deep guys coming together doing a podcast all together. I don't think this has happened yet. I don't think it has either. I, I got to tell you though, we mentioned this on our on our pre brief. You do such a good job of bringing this stuff together. You make it easy. You make it seamless. You do an awesome job. So I appreciate you putting this together. Oh, it's it's my pleasure, man. I you know how much I enjoyed doing college football Monday this year. I'm just putting a few comments into the show as we get started. But those Sunday nights, the prep work, the waking up and making sure you're ready to go for 9 a.m. Uh, it was more challenging than I had anticipated, but I am so glad it has led to this because this night, this game is gonna be really fun to watch with you guys. We never got on the same page for a like a live stream of a Hokies game. Me and Sam did one. I kind of did a solo one during the Purdue game when when that was just getting delayed and whatnot. We're going to talk a little bit about that with one of our guests shortly. But, Pat, how are you feeling tonight? You got a little costume on for us. (laughs) So, you know what they say about Halloween? They say sometimes Halloween can happen on other parts of the year. And here we are. (laughs) I don't know. Is that what they Hey? <laughs> is that what they say i don't know what do they say pat so um it was probably 20 minutes ago and i was like wait a second why am i not in my halloween costume the jim now, harbaugh here i love it and that you do kind of resemble jim harbaugh kinda? maybe it's just your kind of well hey, hey, we can do the 362 <laughs> i <laughs> You got to get a glass oh of milk, God. or this does not work without any milk. Come on. See, I, right. I was uh, I was bummed though because I I had thrown out my yellow whistle, so no whistle tonight for Jim Rodney. I wish I could get sloshed. Uh, for those of you, I, if any of you had an over under on the first time I mentioned this, I actually think I made it kind of long. Rodney, I am I am on hour like like thirty nine of a seventy two hour fast. So I could get – if I had – I feel like if I had like three Michelob Ultras, I'd be hammered. Um, but uh, I have not had anything but Himalayan sea salt and water for the last um, – <laughs> like since noon of yesterday. It has been horrible. Do not suggest. Um, but that's that's what's been going on. And you were you just trying to – buzz sp- off of my non-alcoholic beer. Uh, I probably would. I probably 0.5%. would. That, tastes so, that sounds so good right now. Um so wrapping that up on a Wednesday at noon. So not even tomorrow. Yeah. Billy's crash dieting. He's apparently got a photo shoot coming up. A little, <laughs> little arm farm action. Something's going on. I, I don't know. Why did you choose to fast during the national championship games? The last football game. I of thought the year. it would be easier because it would like, I'd have a distraction. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I feel like if I did it anytime, it would have been horrible. So. <laughs> well, that's true. Know. Well, it, reminding me of a, uh, Pat's costume takes me back to when he did the Daniel Jones, right? So he he's been a dead ringer for a couple different sports figures. Maybe he's just got that look. I don't know. I've really been fortunate over the past few years. We had uh, we had Daniel Jones in 2019. We had Tom Brady in 2021. We have uh, Coach Harbaugh in 23. We're kind of on a every two year cycle here with 
with tall white guys who play football or play quarterbacks. So you know what it is? We'll it's back the, for defined, the chin. It's that that's really defined chin. It's like chiseled. That that makes you you know perfect for a lot of characters. Oh, the Tom Brady. It's a it's a dead ringer. That's that's the one. Now that I see it, Rob, you're absolutely right. Like when you play Guess Who, and you're like, does he have a butt chin? You know, you got <laughs> the guy. That's that's Pat right now. Like he's got that chin working. Uh, Rob, I did want to ask you, this is something we lead off our two deep shows. We do a cheers. And mm-hmm. we, back in the day, when we first started the show, we were doing a shot of wild Turkey one oh one every episode to kick it off. Uh, as we got a little older that went by the wayside, but I did want to ask you to give us a cheers tonight and kind of kick off this stream. Yeah, I would, uh, I would love to, and we'll cheers with, um, with, with Billy's water or, or Himalayan sea salt or whatever he's got going on over there. Uh, so let's put it this way. 65 power five teams. There's 68 group of five teams, 133 teams in FBS. There's another 128 teams in FCS. And here we stand today with just four or two now, but four that made it into the playoff. This is, uh, a moment in history. This will be the, the last playoff, uh, culminating from four teams down to two, down to one, and I think well, the live broadcast is the only way to celebrate it with you, fine folks. So cheers to uh, new beginnings, um, but also hopefully a great ending with this game. Cheers, Rob. Yes. Good water. <laughs> Thank you for that. What are you sipping on over there, Pat? So I just broke dry, uh, dry January uh, <laughs> 10 seconds ago. This was the first uh, first drink of 2024 this is jack and coke you guys Mm. might be familiar with our partnership uh we got some leftovers here actually no this isn't a leftover i went out and i bought this because i was fired up we got pbrs on deck as well so at first that sponsorship started as maybe a chore to have one of those canned jack and cokes and now like you're hooked Whoa, 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 I don't want to suggest that I am hooked on anything. <laughs> However, I, th- I think they're pretty good. I think okay, pretty good. nice. I, like <laughs> uh, I wanted to go around as we're, we're watching, I think the national anthem's about to kick off here. They got the drummers on the field. I wanted to go around the, and maybe, well, should we talk during the national anthem? Is it okay? We're on the live stream. I, I can't hear it. No, I can't hear it either. I feel, like, I feel like we're all delayed. So if we all tried to time up when the national anthem was going to end, we'd probably have awkward. like a 15-minute yeah. national anthem. I want you guys to know that we do respect the flag and we do respect <laughs> the troops. But as, as we're here on the stream, I wanted to ask the guys for their pregame thoughts on the outcome. And I think, Billy, I'm going to start with you. How do you think this game's going to go? If Michigan can run the ball, it's going to be tough for Washington. Now, everybody all year – has said Washington is going to have trouble playing big boy football. And, you know, they're not up for a challenge. They've been up for challenges all year long. Michael Penix has been my favorite and best player all year long. Um, So I'm going to go with Washington today, and I'm going to go with them 35 to 28. Nice. Rob, why don't you give us a little prediction? I think this game is going to be Washington making – yet another what feels like their 10th of the year a comeback in the fourth quarter to win but i would agree i, I think the run game is really going to slow things down in the first half and that'll bleed into the third quarter and when things start to get sleepy people think it's over i think washington's gonna to come back and, and pull this thing out by three uh maybe uh overall i don't know i don't have a total score but i, I do like the over in this game okay pat what you got Speaking of the over, I uh, I also have the over here. Uh, the over under is fifty six uh, as of right now. Um, I got it at fifty six and a half. I have thirty two to twenty eight Michigan. Uh, unfortunately, I am not rooting for Michigan. I'm just going. Oh, oh, <laughs> it's tough to tell. <laughs> I just want to be clear. This is a this is a costume. Okay, this is not how I feel about anything going on here tonight. Um. But I, I just think Michigan is is too strong on the lines for Washington. I really would love to see Michael Penix uh, hold that trophy tonight, but um, I think it's Michigan's time. They're they're the team of destiny here this year. I mean, you guys hit on a lot of things in your analysis there, and the run game is going to be extremely important for Michigan. 
it's something that Texas, I don't think, did enough of to keep Penix off the field. And if Michigan's able to do that, they'll have a chance. Because I think every time Penix and those receivers get out there, they're going to be putting up points, whether it be three or seven. I feel like Michigan's going to have to do a certain amount of keeping up. And Kalen DeBoer has been so good early in games at getting on top of teams. And if they do that and force McCarthy to maybe throw the ball too much, it could be a real problem for Michigan. The other side of Michigan has arguably the best D line in the country. Uh, I think some of the SEC teams might gripe at that, but Michigan's has a really good defensive front. And how will they get after Penix? Cause that is absolutely key to them winning this game. They have to put some pressure on them. Penix not only has a great offensive line, but has been able to escape pressure extremely well this year. And so I like Washington to win. I know they're the underdogs. They are the dogs. They're the Huskies. But mm-hmm. I think I think they can do enough. Like, I was doubting them all year, and I did like them to beat Texas. So I did flip, and uh, hopefully my, my flip it didn't curse them last time, and I'm hoping it doesn't curse them this time. But I do like Washington to win. Our guests are going to be joining the stream after the game kicks off, our first guest is Bill Roth. We're going to get to him shortly. But in the meantime, we're just going to talk a little bit about the pregame festivities here and and maybe some of the other matchups. Rob, is your dog walking around? Robbie's got a Husky. I do have a Husky. And that, that's the reason I got onto Washington so early this year. That's, that's the only reason. Uh, yes, uh, he is walking around. He is excited uh, about the game. Unfortunately, he'll be going to bed with my wife here, you know, probably in an hour. So <laughs> won't get to see all of it. Uh, I think, you know, what's interesting to me about Washington, their offensive line, it's been stellar this season, but it's not really due to a bunch of size for them. They have they have some offensive linemen that are a little bit undersized. And I'm wondering if that maybe takes a toll over the course of the game, given I, I do think the, the defensive line for Michigan, as you said, Pete, is is arguably the best in the country. And I think over the course of four quarters, we may see Washington's offensive line maybe give a little bit more than we've seen in, in some other games. Speaking really quickly, because you mentioned it, uh, speaking of bedtimes, I will I will tip my cap to the fact that this game is at 7. They're said 7.30. We still haven't started yet. It's almost 8 o'clock. <laughs> um, but I'm glad that this game is not kicking off at, uh, at 8.30 or 9 o'clock. Um, Monday? Don't love it. Kind of over the Monday National Championship thing. Obviously, I don't think anybody is rooting for that, but um, it's it's nice to think that we'll be able to get to bed before one o'clock in the morning. Well, on that subject, I I think Al Jones. Al Jones is always quick to pull pull something good out of the air. Al Jones put out there. He saw that next year's playoff. So you know you have a few extra games in December. Next year's playoff is played on a Monday night. It's Monday, January twentieth, which is both Martin Luther King Day and Inauguration Day. So that's going to be an action-packed day. And the fact that wow. the college football world is going to be competing with so many other things, we need this game on a Saturday more than anything. Well, that's really interesting you say that, Pat, is because this year. It was one of the shortest turnarounds between the semis and the championship. Right. I mean, oftentimes the semis aren't on the Monday right before the next Monday because the championship's always been on a Monday. But I think that actually helps Washington, and I, I think it helps Penix because a quarterback that just looked so good and was threading those passes to be able to stay in rhythm, like get right back to it the next week like it's the regular season, I think actually works really well for – for him in this day and age, and this is something I didn't say in my previous analysis. Like we see the the best quarterback win these games. We see the best skill talent win these games that we're, we're a little bit farther from the 2010, 2011s where defense was kind of still winning championships. It's now these games tend to be high scoring. A lot of these championship games. And oh, we got an ACC ref crew on the game today. What are we thinking of the uniforms? I mean, I mean Michigan, Michigan in the blue is good. Yeah. yeah, I mean these are great uniforms. What do you guys think of Michigan having helmet stickers on the wing tee? This helmet does not need stickers. I like don't I don't get it. Is that a newer thing? I don't, I don't remember seeing that historically. It's a Harbaugh. I think it's a Harbaugh thing. I think it's new. 
People might well, mix it, them up with UD if they if they don't have the stickers. <laughs> well, and it doesn't actually work because if you look at the stickers, they have to go over the stripes in the back as opposed to like on the side, and it it messes up what their normal kind of flow is with the helmet stickers. And I don't like it. Did you guys see this comment here? Will this be VT in a year or two? <laughs> Maybe. Hey, man, I I certainly hope so. But with the 12 team playoff coming and everything we got coming back next year, you look at the schedule. This is something we'll talk about as we maybe get a little bit more inebriated or we're feeling a little bit more frisky. Uh, but it's it's possible, you know, now with the 12 team on a 24 year national title fast. I mean, who knows? Is that why you're doing the fast now? Billy That's Ray? why I'm doing it. I stand in I stand in solidarity. No, no, I can't. I will not be lasting a minute longer than it needs to. I don't mind it being on Monday night. I've always kind of like left work early on this day and make sure I'm somewhere to watch the game for the natty. But would you guys ever want to see this on a Saturday or a Sunday? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I would. Yeah. I just can't do the, although now that I've become such a recluse and I don't do anything for new year's, it's actually kind of not bad for me. Cause it's an excuse to stay in that. I don't, you know, I don't get jabs from people, but I just think put it on a Saturday. It, it's college football Saturday. It fits perfect. Yeah. We're we've got a lot of people commenting in the chat. Much appreciated. All you guys are hanging here with us and we've got the kickoff. Michigan brings it out to about the 15 yard line. Washington is fired up. Uh, we, the, the gold on these helmets is sensational. I like, I noticed this in the semis that really pops that gold just to finish off that thought on the, on the unis, but. Pat McAfee just called this a Big Ten championship. Yeah, <laughs> it will be in a year. These teams play in the regular season next year. I know. It's going to be wild. Jet lag for for one team. Yeah, this is fun. That, and who's, who mentioned the thing about the refs? Was that yeah, right? ACC yeah, yeah. crew? crew? Oh yikes! <laughs> Don't embarrass us, boys. No, <laughs> I miss I miss Ron Cherry. Is he still? Officiating, giving them the like business. A while, give them the business. One of the best umpire quotes ever. That was was that an NC State game? I feel. I mean, yeah, I think it was definitely yeah. a State yeah. Carolina game, which is appropriate. You know, rivalry game, Billy, different than uh, hitting hitting uh, Daddy Nicholas hitting him. In, <laughs> what in, a moment uh, that was! I thought I still think I thought he was going to get ejected. I know it was, and I I thought the ref would misinterpret what happened and eject. I'm on the stupid command center channel. Who is this for? Like it's just it's so many boxes. Well, we're doing we're doing command center. It's just our version on this stream. That's true. Yeah, but nobody's (laughs) watching the game here. It's just so many boxes. Uh, Did you guys see the comment about Danny Cole? I mean, we have to mention it with with playing Michigan here. They're in the game. Someone did say the over under on Danny Cole catches tonight, which. I, I found humorous. All right, wait, wait, time out, time out. Before Billy oh, Ray no. does what Billy Ray wants to do oh, no. right now, I will say that this, the Danny Cole catch is, it, it kind of was the, the reason that I just have not liked Michigan since 2012. And I think most tech fans will probably didn't have any hatred in their heart prior to that moment, prior to that game. But ever since then, it's always kind of just been no. And I know I understand, you know, the whole the whole look right now. <laughs> it's it's an act, okay. Um, I don't I don't really mind Michigan. Um, I know you grew again. That's just the difference between you grew up a Hokie fan and I, I adopted it later on. But um, I've just been. I, I grew up in an SEC house, um, and uh, that's kind of where it came from. So I don't I don't hate Michigan. I just love this Washington team. I really do. Yeah, um, love my Phoenix. They're a fun team to root for. I've kind of been on them ever since the first Oregon game. They're like, Oregon's going to blow them out. I was like, are they? Because I don't think they are. And they played again in the Pac-12 championship. And like, are they going to blow them out? Are they? I don't think they are. Well, yeah. Texas for sure is going to run the ball all over them. Are they? Because I don't think they are. So we'll see. Um, they have been silencing the, ever since that Arizona and Arizona State game where things were kind of a little bit more tight than they should have been. We learned later that Arizona was a very good football team, mm-hmm. but people have been downing, myself included. I didn't flip on them until the Texas game, and I, I picked them in that game, but I thought Oregon was going to get them the second time around, and Robbie was on Washington. So uh, it's been split, but you'll see the comment on the screen right now. I came for Bill. That is not about Billy Ray. 
That is about our first guest, Bill Roth. And so I'm going to add him to the stage here and get rid of this comment so we can talk to him. Bill, how are you tonight? Guys, it is an honor to be with you. Uh, it's a beautiful night here in Florida. I kind of wish the Hokies were playing in this game and we were we were all in Houston for it, but uh, maybe a few years from now. But you all look great, so thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, the honor is all ours, Bill. Thank you so much for being here. You are the voice of the Hokies, and there are so many accolades. I mean, for the better part of 35 years is really how far it goes back. I think I saw you started in 1988. So you're a member of the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. You helped create the sports media and analytics program as a professor of practice. And I, I got to stop because I'll just keep on with the accolades all night. So let's pick your brain a little bit here. And right. I think I'm going to hand it over to my my partner on Too Deep, Rob, for the first question. And then we're going to get into some of your calls over the years and all kinds of fun stuff. Go ahead, Rob. We're sitting here watching what hopefully will be a fantastic game. Um, and you have called a lot of uh, a lot of fantastic games um, and bowl games at that. Liberty Bowls, uh, Idaho, Idaho Potato Bowls, Gasparillo, Dukes Mayo, just some of them that we could uh, come up with right now, but so many more. And uh, I think you were even busy on New Year's Day calling uh, a game down in temp Tampa. What do you think is more fun or what do you enjoy more? Is it being parachuted into a bowl game where you have to learn about the teams, the background, the players? Or do you kind of like being in the natural element of a Hokies game? And in addition to that, what's the difference in the process when you're going to prepare for the Hokies um, and opposing team as opposed to going into to two teams you might not be as familiar with? Well, I love calling a tech football bowl game. In fact, this year, the military bowl, despite the nasty weather, was a lot of fun. Uh, and my greatest memories are bowl weeks with our teams. And uh, someday we'll be able to tell some of the stories about what happened in New Orleans and Miami at some of these bowl games. Uh, uh, so, so I enjoy that. Uh, the, the, the national games are fun, too. So you know, I had a chance to really learn about new players and new coaches. And so, yeah, the LSU-Wisconsin game was a really good game. And, you know, the Hokies didn't play Georgia Tech this year, but I got to work their game. So I got to see their team in action. So uh, both are valuable, but the, the, the fun is, is a Hokies bowl game for sure. We just had a long touchdown by Michigan down the sideline by Edwards. That was awesome. So we got points. They're kicking the extra point as I'm watching right now. About to go up 7 nothing as long as they I didn't jinx them. It is 7 nothing Wolverines. Uh, but I, I like that answer, Bill. I want to talk about some of your great calls over the years. You have so, so many, some that everyone knows. And I, if you don't mind, and, and let me indulge myself here by, by reciting a couple to you. Jim Drunkenmiller has engineered the greatest comeback I've ever seen. Michael Vick makes a miracle happen in Morgantown. D'Angelo Hall took it right out of his hands. He said, give it to me, Roscoe, give it to me. And of course, it's a miracle in Blacksburg. Tyrod did it, Mikey. Tyrod did it. Uh, when you think back on all those calls that you've made, including the one this year where Tootin runs the kickback against UVA and it's a hokey takeover on the hill in Charlottesville, party on Hokies, touchdown Tootin. Do you have a favorite or maybe if you don't have a favorite call over there, maybe talk about one that you're particularly proud of or, or how it came to be. You know, this year, the, the two, when the Hokies took the hill in Charlottesville, I came this close to adding to that, but I thought I'd get in trouble. I was going to talk about how, like Stonewall Jackson took Manassas, and, and you know Robert E. Lee, right? The whole thing, like Robert E. Lee took Manassas and Stonewall Jackson took Front Royal. The Hokies have taken Charlottesville, but I think that might have insulted uh, uh, some folks. Uh, you know the the D'Angelo strip of Parish was great. The 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 Tyrod Taylor completion to Roberts, you know, that was such a good team that we had that year. And if you go back and look at it, Nebraska played so well. And, and, and Dominic and Sue has a fist of Taylor's jersey. Just he's about to let it go. And Tyro, who, by the way, just celebrated a birthday this week, made a great catch. So uh, it, it's hard for me. The Drucken Miller to Holmes play was remarkable, too. Uh, I wish we would have held on against Florida State because we had some good ones that night in uh, in New Orleans. But we don't get to hear those, unfortunately. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to an interview with Ian Eagle, the the great play-by-play guy. He does March Madness. He does football. In fact, he was he was calling the Eagles-Giants game this past weekend. But in that interview, he was talking about being a young play-by-play guy and feeling like concerned about what people might think about a call if it's too cute or it's too corny. And as he got older, he started to go with his gut more. Is that a tough balance, like playing that line between playing it straight and informing like with your calls how do you how do you balance that well when we're doing a Hokies game I know our audience right I know you guys like I'm one of you all and I know who's listening and so it's very easy for me to understand how people are feeling during a game because I'm feeling like you're feeling I think when you do and or when I in or anyone's doing a national game it's a much more delicate thing because you don't want to you don't want to insult a fan base uh, of, of a team uh, and, and everyone, like Hokie fans, like I hear all the time, man, the national people don't know what they're doing. Well, they do. They just don't know our team as well as we know our team. And, and so that's the challenge. You, you don't want to insult a fan base or a coach. And if you get cute, you can easily do that. I, I think that, that Buck's, Joe Buck's amazing. And he's satirical. He can, he can bring sarcasm into a, into a broadcast, into a telecast. And a lot of people don't like that. I think everyone would agree, even the people that don't like him will admit he's a great play caller, but sometimes they feel like he, he doesn't like their team. That's not the case at all. He, he doesn't like or dislike anybody in that league, but, but sometimes there's some criticism of that, which is incredibly unfair because I think he's one of the best play-by-play guys of our generation. And he, own, he completely owns – I mean, when I, think of, when I think of Joe Buck – it's easy to forget how awesome he is at baseball. Like he owned October's and owned, owned fall baseball for me. Um, and it's a, sh- it's a shame he's not doing it anymore. Cause he's really, really damn good at that too. Yeah, I agree. You, you answered that question. So I, I, I was thinking like, why do people dislike Joe Buck? I'm not saying I'm the biggest fan in the world, but I never really got the hate, but I think you worded it correctly. There's a certain, his style could be a little bit polarizing, I guess at times. And, um, would you would never say that about Bill Roth, though? You, I feel like you. you I, I don't think your style is polarizing. I think over the years you you've become so beloved. Is it is it weird now feeling like, man? I feel like I could say anything, and these people are just gonna love it. Or do you still are you are you like pain like pining and thinking so hard about what you're gonna say and forming the calls the night before? No, but I don't think that UVA fans would agree with you, Pete, on your take. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's Uh, fair. Okay. Will you think of things like ahead of time, or did you used to maybe like, oh, if this player, if this happens, I'm going to use his name in this pun or something like that? Um, You know, the one I do remember was uh, Michael Brunswick Stewie. Uh, We had had a big – the, the Hokie Club uh, down in Southside every year brings a big, several big vats of Brunswick Stewart, and we make it outside of Castle Coliseum. And we were out there with a big ladle throwing butter in and John Clary and his, his group. So they're out there, all, all those great, amazing Hokies. And someone said, uh, it's Brunswick Stewie. And I said, I will use that on the air if, <laughs> if Michael Stewie – uh, scores a touchdown and and sure enough he did and I said so that one was planned I said there's nothing better on a chilly Saturday than a bowl of some Brunswick Stewie would you say that most of your calls though in games are even the great ones some of the ones I just talked about would you say that those come like right off the cuff or off the top of your head are they are they spontaneous yeah yeah That's, we uh you're quick yeah. with it man <laughs> That's great. Uh, do certain calls that you've had in the past haunt you? Like, oh man, I wish I had said this in that moment. Oh, if if only I had thought of this sooner. Like the Costanza, like that's what I should have said. <laughs> you know, I bit my tongue. It's funny you guys were mentioning the Danny Cole catch earlier, and man, I thought I had a great call on that catch. I thought that that night, I thought that that night at the Superdome with Tech played played Michigan. I the in, in so many ways, that was the zenith, a zenith of, of the Beamer era. You know, we got a BCS bid as an at-large team. Mm-hmm. 
we got a BCS bid to play Michigan in the Sugar Bowl without winning the ACC. And earlier in, in, in that week, I, I, I was talking with Weaver, and I had been on Feinbaum's show, and they talked about, you know, should Virginia Tech be in the SEC? And one of the things we talked about was at the time, at the time, SEC and ACC payouts were just about even. And, of course, Tech had spent so much political um, – cash so to speak to get into the acc and it was like we don't need to be in the sec to make a bowl game like this we don't even need to win the acc to get to the sugar bowl our program is at the point where we can finish second in our conference and still go to the sugar bowl and i i just thought that game was so important and i had in my mind danny making that catch the Hokies sacking shoelace robinson and, and coach beamer getting carried off the field and so I had some things in mind for that. And, guys, it never happened. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't plan them in advance. Yeah. Uh, because because I, I had in my mind what we might what I might have said uh, had Tech held on and, and beaten Michigan that night. That game, that game hurt. And I went to the game down in New Orleans. I had been to the previous Sugar Bowl in, in 04. I was a little too young to be at the 1999 one. But – you're right, Bill. That game at that time, we were a surprise to be selected for that Sugar Bowl game. And we got in based on our brand and basically our fans' performance in New Orleans, bringing tons of fans. They knew that Tech would come to the game, and we did. And it was great up until the way it ended. And that was Tech has never won 12 games in a season. And I thought for sure, like that was the year we were going to get 12 games. Uh, we may have to wait a couple more years, but yes, that that's certainly Pat was talking about it earlier that 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 game. And I think we all kind of have a spot in our hearts that we still don't like Michigan because of that game. Am I right, Pat? 100 percent right. 100 percent right. If you don't mind, Pete, I want to jump in here because, sure. you know, we're talking we're talking about a sour, a sour game, but it is 2024. We do have a game in Nashville. Uh Coming up, Labor Day weekend. And I was doing some research this morning on a certain bowl game back in 1998 at the Music City Bowl, the inaugural Music City Bowl. And that game ended a little bit differently. So, Bill, I would love to hear any stories or kind of just any relics from that 1998 thrubbing, is that a word? Of thrashing? Of Alabama in Nashville. That was a great uh, Hokies win because Tech had never beaten Alabama in football and, uh, and until that night. The day or two before the game, there was a banquet in, in Nashville, and Corey Moore was seated at our table. It was Mike Burnup and I, and some people from the greater Nashville Chamber of Commerce, those people, the uh, gentlemen that are on the bowl committee, and Alabama's punter. And someone had come up at the table. One of the businessmen said to the Alabama punter, uh, some random gentleman from Nashville, he says, you know, Virginia Tech's good at blocking punts. And the Alabama punter says, I haven't had a punt blocked in my career. We don't have punts blocked in Alabama. And Corey Moore didn't miss me. So we're going to block two. And he did. I think uh, – that night, the, the the way Engelberger and Moore and that you know the ninety eight that was Al Clark's last game. He was the Hokies quarterback that night. But I thought that the that game kind of like spurred us into ninety nine. The 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 ninety eight team didn't didn't win as many games probably as those guys would have liked to. But you could see we were going to be really good, especially with the new quarterback coming in in in, in Vic. But yeah, I remember leaving Nashville going, we're going to. We're going to win a lot of football games because we've got a really nice team. And I, you know, kind of, I feel that way now too, by the way. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned leaving Nashville and I had a funny interaction with my pops. We were walking uh, in Annapolis. My brother had gone to Navy and it was his first time being able to kind of be able to do whatever he wants to do in Annapolis. And we're out and my pops, he's surrounded by people from Tulane. He's from New Orleans. He's like, oh. We should come to this bowl game every year. I hope Tech goes to the military bowl every year. And I said, okay, I'm having a great time. I would not like to be in the military bowl every year. But I want to ask you, 
from all the bowl games that you have been to, regardless of their cachet or wherever, where are some of your favorite bowl trips and what are some of them that may be underrated? Wow. Well, not to, I, I'm going to sound like Coach Beamer here. There's never a bad bowl game uh, leading up to it, especially if you've been around a team and guys, it's their last week together. And for seniors, it's such an amazing experience. So from the player's perspective, they're all fun. I, I love the Sugar Bowl and the Orange Bowl. Those those would probably be my top two favorites. I love Miami. I love South Florida as a, as a, as a place. Uh, New Orleans, I think, is great. Uh, I, I last year, uh, two years ago now, uh, I did the, the uh, Wisconsin-Arizona State game in Las Vegas. And I think that city, that stadium, would if we can ever get to it, it's not as part of the ACC bowl mix now. But I don't know how the bowls are going to go moving forward because yeah. there's only like four leagues left, right? Um, I think everyone would have a great time if we would go to the Las Vegas Bowl. I think oh, it would be gosh. amazing uh, to spend a week out there. And you don't need a car. It's like New Orleans. You can just walk to and from the stadium. You know, Nashville's like that. Charlotte's like that. Uh, now Vegas is like that. You just fly in the airport, the stadium, the hotels. Uh, you know, for you fellas, the, the bars, uh, the casinos, they're, they're all walking distance. And so I would – I like that bowl game a lot. That's that's an interesting take. Do you remember when – I think it was when the Alliance was happening or something. They were talking about playing a game in Las Vegas between the ACC and the Pac-12 or something like that. And I was like, that sounds incredible. But making it a bowl game would be better since that league no longer exists. And speaking of out west, you spent a little time out west. But when you came back to Virginia Tech, you helped create the sports media and analytics program. And, and if we could just move to that quickly before we have to say goodbye, it's not just a, a broadcast journalism school. As far as I know, there's also like a play-by-play specialty. So when you returned, what inspired you to get that program going? Was there just you felt something inside like I there's more that I can give? Like tell us a little bit about how that came about. Well, Bob, uh, Dr. Bob Denton, who had held – tremendous uh, positions throughout the university was running the calm program at tech, which is now the school of communication. And we had talked about it. We had talked about it back when we started doing internships and now Pete, by the way, thanks for bringing it up this semester. When we come start classes again next week, we have 331 students in our SMA program. And uh, that's, that's a lot of future journalists and storytellers and you're right. We have people that want to do podcasts like what you guys do. We have young men and women that want to work on camera and off camera. Uh, you know, we've done great. Evan Hughes won the Jim Nance Award, which is essentially the Heisman Trophy of broadcasting. He brought that to Virginia Tech. Last year, we had two of our undergraduates finish in the top 10. Giovanni Heater uh, is, is a kid. Kyle Marshak, they're both from New York. Uh, they Either one of those kids could win that. Jim Nance Award again. It's essentially the Heisman, and there's not a week that goes by that we don't hear from a high school uh, student or a mom or dad saying, "Hey, we want to take a tour of Virginia Tech." And we're getting young men and women from all over the country. Literally, we have we have kids in our program from Newport Beach, California, from Seattle, from South Florida, from Boston, uh, New York, all over. And it's exciting to see kids from all over the country that want to be in our SMA program. And uh, athletics, tech athletics has been amazing. They provided space for them to broadcast games. And, and that has been a similar theme throughout the league, right? Everywhere we go on the road, everybody credentials the Virginia Tech kids. And they know who they are because they're running around in coat and tie, right? I, <laughs> it looks like they got lost on their on their way to a bar mitzvah. The, like the, the NBC page program, yes, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, but but they do a great job with it, and I'm so proud of the work. They stayed over break. Uh, you know, they were at Wake Forest the other day for the for the men's game. They went down and covered that. They were at the NC State game yesterday at Castle with the ladies. So uh, their dedication is is awesome. And I just yeah. want to, I want to double down on that. Like we've had the opportunity to work with um, some men and women from that department and they, they come out. It's, it's not only that they come out like polished and know what to do, but they're all so eager for opportunity and so eager to try new things um, that none of those folks come out and they're like, okay, like give me something to do and I'll do it. It's, 
hey, well, have we thought about doing this? How about if I start this own thing? Or how about if I, you know, this is an area I think you could do better. So um, I, I can't say enough positive things about that program and the work that you're all doing. It's um, it's very been very, very fun to watch. And we've fun seen to be around them. so many names and, and young, I'm calling them kids, but graduates come out and get these jobs with the squirrels or with Virginia Tech or with whoever. And it just seems like so many of them are doing really well. And you're trying to get that program. Like you went to Syracuse, the famous communications school, and you're trying to rival them, I guess. This is kind of what am I right in that this was kind of a program that you're not so much that you brought it from there, but that it's the same idea of what goes on up there. Yeah, and, and they were helpful. The dean at Syracuse, I knew, and some of the people that run it, I knew, and the people who are there now, I know. And we talk an awful lot about things. We're not really in competition with, like, recruiting kids. There's my Coach Beamer thing. Did you get that? <laughs> Did y'all catch that? We're not yeah. in the... <laughs> uh, I've lost my train of thought here. You know, um, I'm just, I mean, a couple years ago, seven, eight years ago, I, I sat down with Witt and Brad Worthman, and we talked about the ACC network, you know, Blacksburg, because of where we are, you know, we're not like Pitt or BC where you've got all these freelance broadcasters and behind the scenes people that can help uh, put together a show. And so a lot of our students are working in Hokey Vision. When you watch a, a Virginia Tech broadcast on ACC network, whether it's the producer or the director or video or audio or camera operators or graphics or whatever it happens to be, those are Hokey students that are in our SMA program. and and. The 3304 sports platform allows our kids to get on the air. And if they're good enough, then they can move up to ACC Network. And 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 Witt and, and Brad Worthman uh, agreed that this would be something really good, interactive between athletics and communication. And I, I enjoy watching it. I, I have so much pride. You know, Kevin Domenico graduated two years ago, and he's a AAA broadcaster in Reno, Nevada. Uh, that, that just doesn't happen. And, and I'll tell you something else is really interesting. I, I mentioned Kyle Marshak. UVA called uh, last spring and they said, do you have anybody that can call some lacrosse? Because their women's lacrosse team was ranked either number one or number two. And the men, I think, was were fourth or fifth. And Kyle got, up, got a call, Kyle Marshak, to go to Charlottesville and do the play-by-play of two UVA lacrosse games. And... Um, it didn't bother Carla, their AD. It didn't bother their coach that the play-by-play person doing a UVA lacrosse game was a Virginia Tech student. And how and did he do? He was great. They, they okay. brought him back this year to do more games. Nice. And and, and so you know it's I want you know Witt's been a huge part of it, but so is Carla. So all the AD at Louisville, they had eight eight of our students at Louisville this year. So and I need to thank everybody that's that's helped everyone. Says, oh, you're doing a great job, but it's it's a collective thing around our conference. We're gonna have ten or eleven kids at the ACC tournament again this year up at in DC. So I have a great time doing it. It's a lot of fun, and uh, we're gonna have a lot of hokey SMA grads calling games on TV. We already are, but you're gonna see more and more of them in the coming years. Yeah, and I'm that's that is such a cool program, Bill. And I think that was the first time uh, you got them out there. Was like the during the COVID. 2020 uh, ACC tournament, you took a bunch of kids down and it was one of the first times like anyone had done that with that many students. And it, that was right. such a, it's a shame that the second half of it got canceled because of COVID, but that was the, the beginning and the three, three, Oh four stuff. I love, I check it out on YouTube all the time. See the, see the next kids that are coming up and things like oh, that. Oh, we but, have great writers. Jack Brizendine's an incredible writer. I mean, David Cunningham has launched his career over at tech sideline and he's doing an amazing job covering Virginia Tech men's and women's basketball. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to see it. Uh, one of our, it hasn't been announced publicly yet, but for those of you in Richmond, one of our con graduates is about to get a major uh, role in a television station in, in Richmond. I'm so excited and uh, I can't, I'm going to let her announce it or let, <laughs> let the station announce it. But when they succeed, I just feel so excited for them because, you know, it's like a, Similar to a coach being proud of his or her, her team. And well, her that's why you got the players. mannerisms. You you are a coach in a way. But Bill, we thank you so much for taking 
this time out of your night, that beautiful night I can see down there in Florida and talking to some independent media, as it were. Uh, we we do really appreciate you doing this for us. Guys, thanks for all you do. Keep flying that hokey flag wherever you are. And uh, I appreciate it. And I want everyone to know that uh, four years ago, four years ago, Suns made a donation to SMA. And I'll never forget that. So when you asked me to come on tonight, that's one of the first things I thought about is that you guys made a donation to our SMA foundation. You know, light camera lights are expensive. So uh, <laughs> I love it. We I need love it. it. Yes. I, stay one more second. I got to take a picture of your background and make it my virtual background for my sales calls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's living large, man. Enjoying the off season. We will we will see you and hear from you again soon. I'm sure, Bill. Have a great night. Love it. Thanks, Pete. See you guys. Thanks, Bill. Bye. Pat. Wow, that was that was awesome. What a guy. Uh, what what a legend to just hang out with some some lowly dudes like us. That was that was sweet. And I'm gonna add our next guest to the screen. We've got another guy joining us for the first quarter here, and I think you guys know this gentleman. Ooh, Bryce Chocolate. Welcome oh, to the show. Showing off the shirt. I see it, <laughs> fellas. What's going on? How are y'all? What's up? What's up? How do you feel about following Bill Roth? Um, I, I was going to make an announcement for uh, for the fans that are following along. If if you need to get like a snack or you you haven't had dinner yet, this is this is probably a good time. No, no, no you're, you're selling yourself short there. And these guys speak highly of you. I've seen you in some of the Suns' interviews and videos. But for everyone that's watching or listening, Bryce is an overseer of the Virginia Tech Monogram Pro uh, Monogram Club, a former member of the VT golf team. And the brains behind for those to come golf tournament. Am I getting that correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And so I want you to just tell us a little bit about that. That is a golf tournament that happens now. It's the annual event, the day before the spring game on Friday, you get a bunch of former players together and go out and hit the links and tell us how that came to be. Yeah. So um, I have, I got involved with the monogram club a couple years ago and they had a tournament in place, but it wasn't um, at the scale that it was now. No discredit to anybody that had been involved. It just, it, it just hadn't grown the way they, they, I guess they wanted to or intended to. Um, and the, the story starts about a year prior to when that tournament happened. I got a DM on Twitter, which I, I I'm not a big Twitter guy. I didn't even know, uh, Pete was laughing about that earlier that I'm not a big Twitter guy, but I got a DM uh, from this guy named Davon Morgan. I was like, that name rings a bell. Like, who was that? I was like, oh, and I looked up like old rosters and saw that he had, you know, played uh, safety when I was there. He said, hey, man, I'm picking up golf. Um, what's your number? Like, would love to chat sometime. And I was working from home. It was COVID. And I, I sent him my number. He calls me in like five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked for like an hour just about all this stuff. And at the end of it, he starts talking about his, uh, a friend of his, um, pretty well-known name in the sports world, Plexico Burris, who ran, who ran a fundraiser um, back in his hometown through a golf tournament that Davon had played in. He was like, I would love to do something like this at Virginia Tech. And I said, hey, there's actually something kind of in place around spring game. Um, I, I don't know like much about it or who's involved, but let, let me check it out and I'll come back to you. Um, and I reached out to a couple people who I know that were loosely involved and Davon and I jumped in and helped out and was able to connect uh, Billy and Pat with Davon and he helped them um, put on the spring jam in tandem with the golf tournament. But uh, he was able to bring back some players and it's turned into a really, really awesome event. Uh, this is, this is year three of the For Those to Come golf tournament. Um, the tournament's moving from Roanoke Country Club to the River Course this year, which we're really excited about. Um, yeah, we've, we've had a lot of former players. Wyatt Teller has played twice. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, Cam Chancellor, the Edmund brothers. The Edmonds brothers actually sponsor the reception uh, in the players' lounge after the tournament. So it's, it's just one of those, like, really cool, unique events. Like, it just – epitomize oh, we got a long play i'm sorry bryce just another no. touchdown by michigan here edwards donovan edwards takes it to the house so washington had kicked wow. a field goal on the previous drive and now michigan is gonna go up 
I guess 10 points after or, uh, 11 points after this extra point, man. And so they had that Donovan, long play to Wilson on the, on the one before that. Yeah, that was a beautiful pass. Um, I think Donovan, I was looking it up because like all year long with uh, Blake Corum, they ran him in from one, the one yard line, the two yard line, like Edwards never got really his chance. He's only had three touchdowns this year coming into this game. And that's number two. Two, yeah, that's crazy. It would be pretty nuts if he scores a third and he matches his <laughs> season total in the national championship. Washington's got to get it together. If our, my pick's going to hold here. So you were finishing the thought, just talking a little bit about the players that have played in the golf tournament and yeah, some, some of our best names. I think I saw Cam Chancellor sitting at the bar when I walked into Sharky's on Friday. I guess he had just gotten off the course. Well, one of the one of the really cool things that happened uh, with that is just getting Sean Glennon and Tyrod Taylor back together um, that year. I believe that was last year. Um, Bryce, when was was that the first time they had seen each other since school? They said that it's been a long, long time since they were together. Yeah, I I, I don't know if it's been that long, but I think it had been a while because we were so we were doing the pairings the night before, and you could you could you can sign up as a team or you can sign up as a single because we don't want to deter people who want to play just because they don't have like a full group or group of friends that are able to make it. And we had about 12 names left. And two of the singles were Sean Glennon and Tyrod Taylor. That's and I was like, Davon, what are we going to do here? Like, there's a lot of people that would pay a lot of money to play with these two guys. And I, I don't know where we're going to put them. Like, should they – I was like, are they, are they friends? Are they friendly? He goes, we're going to put them together. Um, they're um they're buddies i was like okay i was like look i don't know what that was like in 2007 when you guys were going through all that but if you say they're boys they're boys so they had a great time together they rode together they actually played with a good friend of uh of the sons our buddy andy sneed i i met him in the parking lot that day uh his his company breakthrough beverages is a sponsor for the event and for the sons and said hey i i got a treat for you and uh, he's like, oh, like, what's up? Like, you know, you didn't have to get me anything. I was like, well, it's not really a thing. And he was like, what are you talking about? I was like, um, you got a pretty good pairing today. And he was like, oh, like, am I playing with a former player? I was like, yeah, yeah. And uh, I didn't tell him, but he got there and he saw he was playing with Tyrod and Sean Glennon. He was like, oh, you're screwing with me. I was like, I mean, they're right there. <laughs> like, what, like, like, dude, like, like, they're in the flesh. So, um that was a real treat to a good friend of ours. And uh, he, he's going to keep coming back. Um, he, I, <laughs> I think he had a good time and it's, uh, it's really fun. Uh, Pete, I don't know if you're much of a golfer, but would encourage you to participate or, or, or get involved in, in any way. It's, it's something really cool. And uh, it, we wanted to make something where the players felt like they could come back and it just be kind of like a casual experience. Mm-hmm. Um no, no pressure on them. Just like hanging out with their buddies. Obviously anybody can sign up. You don't have to be a former athlete, but we've have about 12 to 15 football players that have played the last two years and they just get a chance to kind of kick it and see and hang out with some of their friends that they don't get to see as often. Like Cam Chancellor lives in Seattle. Um, he, I mean, it's, it's kind of a lift for him to come to Blacksburg. So just giving yeah. him an excuse to come. <laughs> yeah. But giving him an excuse to come and hang out with some friends and, um, connect with Hokie Nation for the weekend. It's uh, it's been a real success the last two years, and I look forward to um, you know, it getting bigger and better. Yeah, I was gonna say. Speaking of, we have uh, I know we're chatting with Devin Wilson tomorrow, and Devin is yeah the, the director of the Monogram Club, and uh, we're gonna have a discussion with him, kind of just chatted up of uh, how can we make this event, you know, um, just as good as the two previous years that we've done it, but even better here moving forward. Um, some other names, Bryce, I know that you got to play with Shane Graham and his big, <laughs> uh, fun maroon and white Argyle socks. And then uh, I know um, D'Angelo Hall was out there too a few years ago, which was cool. I, I've been blessed to do some cool things. Um, a lot of it has to be with the, with Pat and Billy who have allowed me to do, to do that, their, their friendship. But there's a picture that I have on my phone or I need to get it framed, but it's one of my favorite pictures of all time. So you got Davon Morgan. These guys obviously in all golf attire, Davon Morgan's, you know, six to 200 pounds. He looks like he could start in the NFL uh, tomorrow. 
And then next to him is Shane Graham. Um, Shane's wearing his Argyle um, knickers. Oh, his outfit was crazy. I love yeah, it. <laughs> it was, and I, I think he had like a black and mild in. Like these guys, those guys had the best time. They had way more fun than I did. I was so proud of them. So it's those two guys who, you know, Shane Graham's not a, like Shane Graham is a, he's, he's a tall guy, big guy, right? Oh my Corum gosh. Down the sideline. He's what is happening in this football Dude, game? Dude, Corum's down to the 20. For Michigan, they're up 14 to three still. There's seven, six, five seconds left in the first quarter, which will unfortunately mean we're going to say goodbye to Bryce in not too long. However, I did want you to, to finish your thought there because um, it was a good one. You know, I we keep getting interrupted by these, these 30 I know. plus yards. There's a lot of runs. things happening. Do you, Washington needs to play some defense so we can, uh, so we they, can, um, <laughs> not to get sidetracked, but Michigan two years ago when they played Georgia and I don't know if it was the Peach Bowl or, or or whatever playoff game it was. Like Aiden Hutchinson looks small compared to the Georgia's offensive line, and they just got absolutely manhandled by that mm-hmm. team. And I was like, this team is not physical enough, not good enough to compete with them. And they they are that has completely changed in two years. Like they mm-hmm. have looked like the most physical team in college football this whole year, and they're just running right at these guys. Um, but I'll finish up my story real quick. Sure, sure. So it's oh. Is Davon and Shane Graham, you know, big guys, you know, and then next to them is is Cam Chancellor, who's bigger than life. He's 6'4, 235. You know, he's a workout away from looking like he could start in the NFL tomorrow, too. And his whole and outfit then, looks tailored. It looks like his polo oh yeah. is painted onto him. <laughs> and he, yeah, he's wearing a black, like it just fits like a glove. And then there's me. And I'm like, they're like not smiling. I'm just like chest up, like trying to get like, <laughs> my tippy toes. Um, but that that was a really really special day and such a unique memory that I cherish so much. And um, I, I hope people that are listening in, you know, consider playing and and um, maybe creating some of those memories themselves. It's could you tell really us how cool, that but... works? Do they have to donate or can like what's the sign up process like? Yeah. So we'll. Um, or if you're still working on that, that's okay too. No, I, sorry, I was laughing, laughing at Casey Hamrick saying "rare Big Ten love" from Bryce. Um, that that's pretty good. Um, I'm sure he'll appreciate that and remind me of it. Um, no, anyone can sign up. So sign up usually goes um, becomes available about a month before the tournament. Um, we do have some spots saved for sponsors and some spots we do save for some of our former players, but. Um, you know, we have a hundred people that have played the last two years. So there's plenty of, of space for guys to come in who are just alumni of the schools or even just fans of the schools. Like you don't have to have any, any affiliation with Virginia mm-hmm. tech. Uh, we just want people who want to be there and, and have a good time. So no donations required, uh, to play, um, a entry fee for a team is $700. And most of that cost just goes pass along to, you know, the golf course and the, the tea gift and, you know, food and beverage and all that stuff. Cool. And let me just say too, you don't need to know how to play golf. I've played in this event before. um, And I'm hoping this is the year I learned how to play golf, but I can say, I promise if you probably won't be worse than me and you probably won't be worse than Terrell Edmonds. Um, One of those two (laughs) will be better than (laughs) Billy. I I know I'll leave you guys with this. This is a great story. Then I'll jump. So as I mentioned, the Edmonds brothers sponsor the player, the the reception in the players lounge after the event. And they're, they're super involved guys. Their mom cookie is amazing. Um, She encourages them to, to get involved. Terrell Edmonds shows up to the golf course, you know, and, and great sneakers, like, like, like an outfit, not ready to play golf. And he didn't even own golf clubs. (laughs) Not, like it's, it's one thing not to travel with them. Doesn't even own them. Just goes to the pro shop and just buys a whole set. Just goes, I'll take them. He left them there. He just bought a whole set and then just left them on the cart. And it was so funny because the head pro was like, he could have rented those. I was like, I, I don't, I don't even know what to do. I was like, one, I think he's good for it. And, and two, please do not tell him that. Cause I have a really good story because of it now. Um, but yeah, Billy's right. Don't be discouraged. I'm not a big golfer. There's tons of ways you can get involved without playing golf. Um, you know, feel free to reach out to me or Pat or Billy or anybody else. Um, 
it's a, it's a great event and I appreciate you guys having me on here and led me to talk about it for a little bit. And I hope I didn't, uh, d- your viewership didn't drop to zero after Bill Roth. Uh, held strong, left Bryce. In, it held strong. You, uh, you're, you're good. I, that's and you good know to what? Hear. You said ideas. I'll talk to you because we could do a little something like this maybe at the golf tournament. Oh yeah. I will. Yeah, uh, for sure. I will. I will be in touch with you, but dude, thank you so much for joining us, Bryce. Yeah. Pete, and, thanks for thinking of me. Um, you guys enjoy and maybe, uh, maybe the Huskies will make it close here. Yeah. We need it. We need a little comeback here, but we're all going to take a break. We're going to reset real quick. We're going to come back with our second quarter crew. All right. See you in a minute, guys.